Welcome to Healthy Choices with your host, Ray Solano from Austin, Texas. We're ready for your calls right now. Call in toll-free at 877-956-9566. Now, here's your host, Ray Solano. It was 2015, and Jack Silva had a problem. He's the chief academic officer for the public schools in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, and a lot of the kids in his schools were not reading well. Only 56% of third graders were scoring proficient on the state reading test. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't know what to do. He knew nothing about how kids learn to read or how reading should be taught. But he did know that even some older students were struggling with pretty basic stuff when it came to reading. I was a middle school and high school teacher for many years, and I could see students who had difficulty with breaking down individual words. They'd come across a word they'd never seen before and have no idea how to sound it out. Kim Harper noticed the same thing. She was a high school English teacher in Bethlehem, and she says a disturbing number of her students were not very good readers, even students in honors classes. They didn't like to read. They avoided reading. They would tell me it was too hard. She didn't know what to do about it either, so she kind of shrugged it off. I think it became easy to say, well, that's just the way it is, and you're always going to have X percent of kids who it's just going to be a a struggle for. Less than 60 percent of kids reading proficiently. It wasn't shocking. It's just the way things were. It was always, well, that's not a reflection of Bethlehem. That's a portion of us. Mike Fascinetto is president of the Bethlehem School Board. Well, you know, those kids, their parents aren't around, or maybe they don't have two parents or one parent, or maybe they were a grandmother, and that's the best they're going to do. It's true that the district's poorest schools had the worst reading scores. There are lots of low-income families here, but there are fancy homes here, too. And when Chief Academic Officer Jack Silva was examining the reading scores, he saw there were plenty of kids at the wealthier schools not reading very well either. This was not just poverty. Since he knew nothing about reading, he started searching online. There's a whole lot of research about how kids learn to read. There are thousands of studies. This is Louisa Motes. She's been teaching and researching reading since the 1970s. This is the most studied aspect of human learning. One of the many things researchers have learned over the years is that virtually all kids can learn to read. Researchers have done studies in classrooms and in clinics, and they've shown over and over that somewhere between 1% and 6% of kids have such severe learning disabilities that they will probably always struggle with reading. Well, good afternoon and welcome to Healthy Choices XM, as we're broadcasting live from XM Studios in Austin, Texas today. And as you heard a clip as to the start of our, our show, what we're talking about. Schools back in session in colleges, in elementary schools, in middle schools. And unfortunately... This could be a real struggle for parents and for children. So we're going to let people know that you have choices in your health care, and that's what our, our show is about. I'm your host, Ray Solano, clinical pharmacist and clinical nutritionist, and we're dedicated to give you choices in your health care. And our topic today is going to cover children's mental health, including dyslexia and other factors that are contributing to learning disabilities that also affect reading. We welcome all of our new listeners as we are, we feel that we're the most popular radio show on the weekend FM XM F, uh, Family Talk 131 Wellness Radio 1570 out of uh, Minneapolis. Our phone number is 877-956-9566 is our phone number today and if you'd like to text us at 
219-0724 for any of your questions today on these topics or others. Even if you're as a podcast, we, we will respond back to you with those phone numbers. Our guest today is going to be Dr. Phyllis Books. She's a nationally recognized clinician on her work with dyslexia and her work as a functional medicine pro- professional. And she really does a lot of work with children, especially on these learning disabilities that really affect people's fundamental reading. Dr. Books will be joining us in the second half of our show, but let's review the statistics, why this is important. We, we're finding that at this, at this time, we opened up our show, we, we talked about the number of children that are having difficulties reading. And what are those contributing factors? It's controversial at this point, but if you looked at 1998, only 32% of the students in the eighth grade were proficient or advanced in reading. And the numbers for 2017 don't even approach 40%. And you say, how in this country would they spend more money on education that we, we have less than 40% of eighth graders being able to read proficiently? That's going to set them up for failure later on. And also, if you look at the ins- the incidence of dyslexia in English-speaking countries, the prevalence is estimated to be five to seventeen percent of school children. Most most studies observe the rates from five to nine percent uh, percent. Besides dyslexia, there's other things that are, are contributing these factors. And the, you know, we say the prevalence has been estimated to be almost ten to twenty percent of children in a regular classroom, and this is. It's close to 50% in special ed. This is, it, it is a growing problem, but it's also misunderstood. And again, it's, it is considered the most common learning disability in all areas of the world. It affects over 3 to 7% of the population. However, up to 20% have some degree of symptoms. As you can see, that this, is, this bleeds over to not only controversy, whether this is actually a dis- real disability, or how do you teach these children that have dyslexia? I'm not an expert in education. I'm not a teacher. But we open up our, our, our phone numbers for any of our teachers who want to join us today, 877-956-9566. As Healthy Choices is going into giving today, we're going to come up with some solutions for people to understand, we peel back the onion, why our children are having so much difficulty. And unfortunately, some of the programs that are out there for teaching children that are having these problems, many of the most popular programs, the whole learning approach, can be disastrous for children with dyslexia. Unfortunately, we're born to talk. We're wired to talk, but we're not wired to read. Reading is difficult for humans. Is a code that has to be invented or rewired in our brains. And children don't crack the code naturally. They have to be taught how letters represent sounds. And people that are having learning disabilities, it can be treacherous because they feel, unfortunately, that they are a failure and they fall behind. Unfortunately, it can affect them for the rest of their life. That, unfortunately, if we don't catch it early, 
it'll set them up for failure that will be continued on and on. As a clinical pharmacist and practicing pharmacy for over 20 to 5 years, we see pharmaceutical solutions trying to mask or try to solve this problem. And I'd say nothing is going to be further from the truth. And Dr. Phyllis Books is going to go into that a little bit more in detail on the second half of our show. But unfortunately, this is misunderstood and can be coupled in with attention deficit disorder that can be a matrix of many different symptoms that people just can't read, they can't focus. It also has other mental health disorders. And unfortunately, that is layered with other, with pharmaceuticals, stimulants, antidepressants. And then we're also finding out the other contributing factors that are having difficulty for children reading or comprehending can be other symptoms as tremendous allergies. Allergies are not a normal symptom. They are a symptom of a bigger problem. Food intolerance. Food intolerance of certain foods that we are finding. Many children have milk allergies or to pasteurized milk. That's very substantial. Many children have problems with with grains that they have difficulties with, high amounts of gluten. Some of these children have a intolerance to processed foods. Many children don't get the right nutrients. Amino acids and vitamin deficiencies. We see this very often because it's very difficult to get the right balance of amino acids and vitamins from our foods that are all processed or that nobody is cooking properly. Mold toxicity, we'll talk a little bit more about that in the second half of our show. We've done this before, is that many of these toxins from mold can cause tremendous learning disabilities that can be masking and quill patients or children will have symptoms of dyslexia with brain inflammation. The microbiome destruction, tremendous amounts of antibiotics. Sometimes Most children have three to four courses of antibiotics before they reach the age of five. This, this microbiome or uh, imbalance of good versus bad bacteria can affect the second brain. The second brain is important for balancing of neurotransmitters, and especially ones that for wakefulness and awareness. So we are finding that the lack of good bacteria in our diet and the balancing of good uh, microbiome makes a huge difference in learning disabilities. Lacks of essential fatty acids, essential fatty acids, especially omega-3 fats that are found in fatty fishes, that are found in plant uh, and avocado, good fats, uh, nuts, walnuts. These are absent from many diets, especially in, in children. High amounts of blood sugars contributing from tremendous amounts of sugary drinks, sugar, uh, sugary snacks can make a big imbalance in our, our brain function, can make a huge imbalance in our microbiome. So it is the cornerstone of, of many of the difficulties that children are having because they cannot tolerate these high sugar diets. Fast food diets is another one. Many families have no cooking skills, and all of their meals are fast food. Many children have poor sleep habits due to tremendous amounts of electronic 
stimulus. The children, it takes over five hours for the brains to slow down from a simple iPad or an iPhone intrusion, especially this happens in the in many times in the sleeping period from anywhere from 6 to 12 o'clock at night. Many times people sleep with these smartphones and smart devices causing problems. And then also we've had an accelerated vaccine schedule. Over 32 vaccines were 15 years ago, it was nine. And this is something that's prevalent in the United States more than anywhere else in the world that we have to look at. This. Some children have metabolic disorders that, that this, has, this schedule has to be lengthened because their immune system and their mitochondria is overwhelmed. So it has to be customized to the individual. So these are a lot of these contributing factors. But if you go on the Mayo Clinic and look at children's health and mental illness in children, you will see everything but the items that we just mentioned. You're listening to Healthy Choices XM, and you can always call us at 877-956-9566 or text us at 512-219-0724. And also check out our website, healthychoicesxm.com. And we'd like to just briefly just give a quick thank you to our sponsors, PD Labs, prescription better known as prescription dispensing labs for their formulations as a nationally licensed pharmacy, compounding pharmacy focused on brain inflammation, mold, and Lyme therapies. Check out their website, pdlabsrx.com, or their phone number is 512-219-0724. You'll also check out the, the website for specials on all of our Supplements that are exclusive for our pharmacist uh, formulation, 512-219-0724, if you'd like to get more information about those. But as we were, you know, we're going through all the natural, maybe the root causes of many of these conditions, one of the things that we find that it is a plethora of pharmaceutical solutions. We're finding that over 4% of the children in school age are on stimulant medications to be able to be able to answer many of the conditions of ADHD and learning disabilities. And we're seeing that this is almost the only choice. As we said on the Mayo Clinic website, you'll see as in other sites that it talks about all of the mental conditions, including mood disorders, schizophrenia, eating disorders, also ADHD, anxiety disorders, that these can be solved with not only psychotherapy, but medications. Nothing about nutritionals, nothing about uh, any of the diet changes, nothing about allergenic substances, nothing about possible environmental contaminants, mold toxicities, but stimulants, antidepressants, anti-anxiety, antipsychotics, and mood stabilizers are given as the solutions because mental health is the, is the problem that can be solved with pharmaceuticals. Unfortunately, as a clinical pharmacist, we do know that pharmaceuticals, all of them, have side effects. Anytime you introduce a drug into a system, you have blocking. We have changes in chemistry. We have other things that can be 
attributed side effects. Many times when we're going to have our a, a special guest, this the, the second half of our show is going to go into some a good example of stacking of medications, and you'll find that the side effects of these stimulants, most of it can be appetite depressant, so that's great because we have the children are not eating, sleep disturbances. The most important repair mechanism the body has is sleep, good sleep. And close to 35% of the children taking any of these stimulants will have sleep disorders. Jitteriness, uh, overly mood, energy, manic behaviors, over 13% of these children exhibit these uh, side effects from the medication. 13% have fatigue. So if you look at all the side effects of these medications, you'll, you can see why we have usually two to three other medications that are stacked with it. And, and children very commonly will have a nice cocktail of three different drugs per day. So unfortunately, this is not the answer and, and we don't want to be gloom and doom the reason for our show today is to realize that there are choices in your health care, and we're going to get to the root cause of why we have such a poor learning levels in this country, and it's a combination of all the factors, different types of teaching, different types of, of, of diet, different types of acknowledgement of there's sometimes a genetic dysfunction in the way brains are wired that can be able to take these words and process them. So we're going to we're we're going to get that a little bit more information that with our special guest Dr. Phyllis Books the second half of our our show. And also I want people to understand that we we're, we're really this is can be a controversial topic and you're, well, you're welcome to have a contrary opinion to give us a call you may be your child or or adult, maybe this is something that's uh, commonplace, that you feel that this is the only solution. Uh, But we think that we should have both sides of the argument out there. Our phone number is 877-956-9566. And as always, you can text us at 512-219-0724. You know, as we go through this, and I think, Sean, you've had some experiences in, in in this area, do you feel, in your opinion, that pharmaceuticals should be the first choice for a five or six-year-old that's struggling with the inability to read or to sit still? Or what do you think, Sean? Uh, actually, no, I don't. You know, I have um, ADD, and I was reading way. I see, I was reading encyclopedias at the age of three and four, way before school. Wow. Yeah, I was, uh, me and my mother on Sundays, especially if it was raining, we used to sit down and I I literally would read about Rome and Egypt and all kinds of things. And like I said, I was three, between three and five. I was reading on an eighth grade level in kindergarten. And and that's considered, it can happen. And it makes a huge difference uh, in your life to be able to read, right? Yeah, I, I think it's more, you know, there are some people that need to take it. 
I admit I haven't taken well up until last year. I didn't take any medication. I I feel that I've been successful, and of course I work in broadcasting, so obviously I had to to read that. I think if the per I do believe that the person needs to understand that, and the parents need to understand that. Yes, your children or your child has ADD. I have ADD, HD, because that way they can find a way to 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 work with it. And one of the is it to me is a gift because of what I do for a living. It allows me to be able to do multiple things at the same time, and that's uh, you know like I'm talking to you and I'm watching the clock and I'm thinking about the next break so it, it 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 has its it has its perks if you find the right uh if you find the right uh way uh, situation for it it and it, it's cultivated it's not a maybe a personality that it could be a a a skill that others are not able to do it's not something that should be uh suppressed it should be it should, you have to make sure that it is modulated so that it is not dysfunctional. So it's not, you know, unfortunately, everybody is different. Yes. Uh, but we have to make sure there's not contributing factors that make it worse. Poor diet. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> these are things that make it worse. And that's what we want people to do. If you're li- a parent listening to your show, he says, you know what? There's some foundational things you have to do first before we do pharmaceuticals. We can always do pharmaceuticals. But when you're doing pharmaceuticals, you have to have the foundation first. And that foundation is to make sure that, that the microbiome in the second brain is fed. And if the good bacteria and the, and the good nutrients are not there so the body can build those neurotransmitters, the pharmaceuticals will not fix it. And unfortunately, when you go through and look at educating not only parents and teachers they are told that all of this doesn't work. It is all considered alternative medicine. It is not proven. Unfortunately, it's, it's nothing further from the truth. So unfortunately, the schools, and we'll go into a little bit of that with our second guest in the second half of our show, are enforcing, or not, not reinforcing, I should say, choices in your health care. It's either... It, traditional pharmaceuticals are accepted, but anything else, either whether it be natural medicine or homeopathy to be able to control some th- uh, behavior, are considered prohibited. So unfortunately, we got this, you know, we got this, the parents have so many barriers. I got a phone call the other day from a school that was a private school in in Louisiana that the medication was a special medication for a child for mold toxicity, vasoactive intestinal peptide is a special peptide that helps the body's immune system to rebalance itself. It's critical for a seven-year-old. Unfortunately, the school administrators would not allow the medication to be given because the word work up to a dosage was left off the prescription from the physician. So we had to send a new label that said the word work up to or uh, instill up to a dosage because nobody would interpret 
or take responsibility for working with the parents. They had to have Sorry. something in writing. So we see this over and over again is this tug of war between medical professionals at schools, being able to work with parents. And it's just a really a struggle. We're going to go into more of this in the second half of our show. You're listening to Healthy Choices XM. Our phone number is 877-956-9566. As we're talking about children's mental health in dyslexia. We're going to go into that a little bit more detailed in the second half of our show. So stay tuned for a little bit more with Healthy Choices XM.
Let's talk about your healthy choices. We have room for you right now. Toll free at 877-956-9566. Welcome back to Healthy Choices XM. As we're talking about many, we're taking our, our talk today about children's mental health, including dyslexia and other factors contributing to learning dis- disabilities as school is back in session all across the country. And it's not only schools, we have colleges back in session, we have middle schools, we have elementary schools, and we're seeing the constant struggle occurring again that happens every time of this year as we go into learning disorders, learning disabilities, conditions that are holding people back. And many times it's a misunderstanding or a lack of customization of learning because we have, we have talked about in the first half of our show, it is not normal for children or adults for humans to read. They have to learn it. It has to be, a brain has to be wired for it. They can, they can talk, but reading is a science. And the science of reading is what we're, is what we're seeing more and more today in promoted in some of the most advanced schools and it's it's difficult it's a difficult different approach than what we've done before we talked about in the first half of our show that less than 40 percent of the students in the eighth grade were proficient in advanced reading that's a staggering number when you look at setting up for higher learning in high school going on to advanced colleges, many colleges have remedial English and reading for students because they just don't have the standards by the time that they reach their schools. And we're seeing this more and more. And then we we noticed, we also talked about in the first half of our show that 5 to 17% of school children in English-speaking countries have a prevalence of dyslexia. And this is a it is a really important dis, learning disability that can be taught, it can be changed, it can be uh, be able to be with therapy, be able to teach the brain how to overcome and wiring it. We're going to have hopefully Dr. Phyllis books, she's got a very busy schedule today. We'll be able to I know she was catching a plane. Hopefully she can be able to join us on our show today very shortly. And she's an expert in dyslexia. And, and dyslexia is, is something that unfortunately can be linked to self-esteem, lack of self-esteem. It can be lead to uh, uh, depression. It can lead to humiliation. So it's very important for us to acknowledge that dyslexia has many systemic challenges, even if you just don't get a diagnosis. And this is important for many school systems that they need to, they are doing more and more today to be able to understand it, identify it, and be able to change some of the stimulation. What we find is that it can, this lack of self-esteem can be very disastrous for children with dyslexia. This is why we 
we have people to they they need very early to understand this because reading failure is the most commonly shared characteristic characteristic of these children. And many times juvenile justice offenders, this is the number one cause of it. And one Texas study even showed that half of the prisoners have dyslexia. Half of the third graders in Colorado can't read at grade level and many are students of dyslexia. This is so that you can see this is this is not uh, un, this is not something that uh, is going to go unnoticed. A vast majority, if go unnoticed, may, many times cost the parents thousands of dollars for private screenings. This is something that should be uh, even. This should be done in all school schools. And unfortunately, most of the school systems have a whole language approach. This this style of instruction immerses kids in book-rich environments and uses pictures and clues to help kids decipher whole words and assume students will learn to read from there. But the whole language approach does not work for every child. And get this, it can be disastrous for dyslexic students. The structure literacy method is proven to be the most effective for everyone. So what we have here is a modification of learning for our children. Unfortunately, it is causing to isolate the ones that are having the disabilities. This is why it's really important to to be able to get to the answers uh, for this. Our phone number is 877 877- Nine five six nine five six six. Do you have any comments about this topic that we have, or maybe some controversy or disagreements? We'll be happy to take on some of those uh, the, those subject matters, or you can text us at five one two two one nine zero seven two four. And as we mentioned earlier, our show is is brought to you by our sponsors, Prescription Dispensing Labs, PDLabsRx.net. You can check that out for many of our choices that we have put together for our exclusive formulas that and uh, of supplements that can be very effective for many types of uh, conditions including allergies and also for energy so sean we have uh, dr phyllis books uh, joining us uh, dr 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 books we thank you so much for, for uh, taking time out of your schedule today i know that you've got a very busy time on, on on this weekend, but this is such an important topic. And as we mentioned uh, in the first part of our show, Dr. Books is considered a national recognized for her work on dyslexia and really demystifying what this condition really is. And you've taught me so much about it and be able to educate our listeners before, and you've done a documentary as well. But if you could just tell, you know, uh, it, it takes a lot of time to work with patients that are with dyslexia, but maybe if you can give some of the, you know, some of the stories that, and some of the thing, reason why you're so dedicated to get the word out on dyslexia for our listeners today. Oh, I would be happy, happy to Ray. Yes. Dyslexia actually affects one out of five people worldwide. And it's actually just tragic to see how families and, and children are given a sort of a tragic um, prescription of what was what they can expect in their lives. 
when it's not true and and we're wasting a lot of human potential and putting people down unnecessarily you know we talk about a placebo effect and a nocebo effect and a nocebo is when the diagnosis is actually harmful and i really believe that with dyslexia and a lot of these issues is we people are given a false um negative out uh, or prescription when it's not really true there are these children and adults have incredible capacity. It's just sort of locked up right now. And, you know, the, the bad joke, I say it's almost not an educational problem. Because when you look at the root cause of dyslexia, or why, like why people have trouble with words and, and forming relationships and in social contexts, etc., the problem is actually the root cause of it is in the neurological system. So it's not in the words or in a lot of the manifestations. It's it's deep inside of the body, and that's how we can we can actually work so much to heal that and to heal and give people back their dignity if we look at the root cause of dyslexia and not the symptoms. Now you've you put together a program and you teach other professionals around the country. A, a, a like a survival uh, tips to be able to break it down to peel back the onion because this is not something that you can do in a couple of different treatments. This is this is a is part of a program that you've developed. But you could, but people and parents and children they can start to see results uh, almost right away, can't they? It is you know it's really gratifying because the program takes anywhere from five days to 10 weeks, but usually within the first day or two, people are noticing changes already. They notice a change in the demeanor. The kids are more cooperative. It's as if they're saying, oh, thank goodness, somebody finally is willing to look deeper to find out what's really going on, to find out, and you know, way deep down, I'm, on, I'm okay if somebody would just see the real me and not what looks on the, on the surface. So yes, people are relieved and they start feeling better. And a lot of times they start reading better before I ever get to the part in the, in the protocol where we deal with reading or numbers. They, their brain just starts working better. You know, many times we see uh, parents and children use learning disabilities as a crutch. They use it for excuses for more, for, uh, special uh, services, and but they don't really get to the root cause of the problem or be able to fix it. So what you're talking about is therapy that normalizes their their learning, so that they're able to mainstream with everybody else, right? Exactly. It's like it's like as if you're playing football in Wisconsin and there's ice on the field. My job is to go in and clear the ice off so that everybody has, they're all playing football, but everybody has a fair chance. And so what I'm doing with, with this work is to come in and remove the obstacles or sort of thaw the ice so that the children have a fair chance so they can, you can get down so that they can learn just like everybody else. It's there. It's just got, it's just, it's just a little covered up and it's so changeable and so naturally and so quickly. And so and, I and people I, walk out. People walk go out ahead, I'm sorry. With their, yeah, people walk out with big smiles on their face and their eyes all lit up and they're not on drugs. It is a, you know, I think I have the best job in the world. <laughs> well, 
you're getting good feedback. Uh, you're, 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 I mean, the, the important thing is that uh, you're seeing success uh, from uh, your, your work. You're listening yeah. to Healthy Choices XM. Our phone number is 877-956-9566. We have a, a caller. Welcome to Healthy oh, Choices good. XM. How can we help you today? Hello. Hi, this is, uh, you're welcome, to, you're listening to Healthy Choices, you're welcome, you're on the air, how can we help you today? Um, so I would like to uh, share our experience about uh, my son, my 10-year-old. Um, uh, he didn't have d- dyslexia, but uh, there were some, um, so uh, when he was six years old, actually he's 10 now, he started having some neurological issues, he had tics and uh, some muscle twitches and uh, behavioral issues at school. He couldn't concentrate. Uh, The teachers were keeping him at the hallway. And um, also he had a lot of anxiety. He he was so scared. uh, He couldn't go to sleep on his own. Um, But what we, we focused on the tics first. And what we found out was that um, he uh, he was allergic to mold, and uh, uh, when we dealt with the mold problem in our house and uh, started giving him supplements uh, to first uh, help him detox the uh, mold uh, sensitivity and also to reduce inflammation in his body, it, amazingly. It helped with ticks, but also it improved his um, anxiety. It improved his how he could focus at school. His behavior changed 180 degrees. Even the school director commented about how he was a different kid now. Uh, so I completely agree with Dr. Books that um, even though these learning disabilities, including dyslexia, um, comes out as the symptom, uh, the results can be environmental causes, diet. Also, we had to go uh, very clean in our son's diet. He's gluten-free, dairy-free, and we try to eat as little um, food dyes and things like that. So, uh, like she said, all of these, you know, learning disabilities or, you know, dyslexia, can actually have causes that affect the functioning of the brain. And um, if the trigger is found through allergy testing or, you know, like exposure, how, what the, the right. kids are exposed in the school or at their homes, and when the trigger is removed and also uh, if the right supplements are used to reduce inflammation that is creating the problems in the brain, um, that can make a huge difference. And I, after four years, my son is a different kid. And also, we obviously go through periods where, you know, it gets worse. And this is a reminder to us that it wasn't just a one-time thing. It is still there. We just need to keep up with it. And we need to uh, make sure that the trigger is not there in in this case, his, in his case, it's mold, um, and you know inflammation is reduced so that he can um, he can function properly at school and in his personal life. 
What a great, what a great story. But it, I would, I'm sorry, your first name was? Heli. 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 Again, thank you for calling Healthy Choices XM. And as, we're, as I'm listening to the story, you said when you, when you first started with your son, who was 10 years old, I, I'm sure that pharmaceuticals or drugs were probably the first choice as opposed to being able to find out that mold was the, was the choice. Am I correct? Uh, absolutely. So, so first of uh, you know, as soon as he started having ticks, we took him to a neurologist. And the neurologist told us, you know, there was nothing we could do. We had to accept it. And he recommended uh, two options for medication to help his ticks. Uh, but I was really reluctant about giving him drugs at a very early age. And But I, I know that it's the right decision, you know, for some people. I just wanted to make sure that I tried everything before giving him uh, the medication. And that's when I started researching natural remedies, natural resources for ticks, Tourette syndrome. He was diagnosed, diagnosed with Tourette syndrome at six years old. Uh, wow. And that's uh, when we figured out the correlation between his allergies and ticks, histamine level and ticks, that was the breakthrough. And that led us to the mold and he's allergic to dust mite as well. But, um, you know, when we removed the, uh, we actually had mold in our house, so we did mold remediation. And uh, in, since then, we have been trying to keep the inflammation in his body um, low, as low as possible. And recently, we traveled in the summer, we stayed at a cousin's house where they had mold, and it came immediately back. So that was a reminder to us that, you know, all of the you know symptoms are there it's, it's just we have been managing it really well so that's why he didn't have symptoms and um, a couple of weeks ago he was very anxious he couldn't stay in his room alone in the dark and that's when I started getting again very um, strict with supplements and clean diet and within two, two or three weeks he got better and this is his own words. He, he said, I don't know, Mom, what, you, what is in those pills, but finally I feel calm. I can stay in my room alone again. Um, so he can tell that in his body something is different. So um, I hope that it helps someone to uh, search for the triggers that might cause inflammation in the body. And the starting point is usually allergies. And uh, mm-hmm. by finding the trigger, and then using the right supplements with obviously a professional's um, help, like Dr. Brooks, who can lead you to use the right uh, supplements to reduce inflammation in the body. And um, that way, they can actually function and learn much better. Well, you know, know, I think what we, for our listeners out there that are trying to understand where to start, and thank goodness and thank God that you had the the, the ability to look deeper as to what the causes are, because many of the medications they use for Tourette's and ticks are anti-seizure medications that have never really been, they, they have not as, they have limited testing on children and have a lot of side effects and have difficulties with learning disabilities, even make it even worse. But for, for many of our, uh, our listeners out there, Dr. Books, is that when they start to see, I guess the many times mold toxicity, sometimes starts out almost as a simple allergy and it, it gets worse from there as the as a neurotoxin but uh, dr. books do you have uh, some some tips for 
for parents that are listening today, how do they really start down to this discovery if they're starting to see some of these uh, some of these symptoms? Oh, that's a really good question because this lady did a beautiful job of describing all these symptoms. You wouldn't people don't. It's not easy to put the puzzle pieces together, and so I say like notice when your child is acting up when their behavior is like the kids are acting up or they're angry or like it doesn't really make sense notice what they had to eat or what they were breathing the last few hours before that or the last few days because and i have people keep diaries when i'm when i'm actually treating allergens it's how they or their child feel and how they act afterwards because those are am- it's amazing sometimes the connections between a food or mold or um, penicillin or vaccinations or something, what, what havoc that can wreck on a system. So look for the behavior. If the sleep patterns are disrupted, there's a, re- you know, there's a reason for that. Kids need a lot of sleep, but, and they're not always getting it. So, and the other thing you look for is, like, are they well-coordinated? Are they physically tripping over things? Sometimes that's a clue for a learning difference already, like confusing right and left or not being sort of clumsy on the playground. But a lot of times an allergy can also affect balance and coordination So, or handwriting. So if a child has too much sugar or too much of food, that their handwriting gets more hand scratchy than ever. Or they can walk a balance beam just fine unless they ate nuts or something before and all of a sudden their balance is off. So... Um, really, for parents, I say just put on your detective hat and start noticing when your child is acting out of context and what that could be like. You know, a lot of times with dyslexia, too, the behavior and the cognitive, the behavior in school is radically different from day to day. One day a child knows the spelling words and the next day goes to school and it's like he never learned them. Or you can do something one day and you can't do it the next or one hour from the next. And so pay attention to those things. And then you need to look for somebody who will look outside the box because in the education and the traditional medical model, there's, they don't even look at the, at the body or allergies or something as, or even diet as related to a child's ability to do well in school. And it's really, really, all of these factors are really important. Well, this is great discussion. This is what our show is all about is be able to get people tools and choices in their health care and let people know that there's other solutions. And doctor, I want to make sure before we run out of time, get your contact information. I got a couple of texts of people that want to be able to get in contact with you because unfortunately with all the Carolinas, the water coming up and mold is going to be rampant in the Carolinas. So we have got to do as much as we possibly can to get the word out that mold, as we find, can be a neurotoxin and it can be devastating. So give us your uh, contact yes. information, doctor. My phone number is 512-331-0668. Again, 512-331-0668. If you want to text me, it's 512-560-7888. Again, 512-560-7888. Or you can just email me. The simplest email is my name, Books at gmail.com, P-H-Y-L-L-I-S, B as in boy, O-O-K-S, at gmail.com. And my website is my name, Dr. Phyllis, D-R-P-H-Y-L-L-I-S-B-O-O-K-S.com. And that's got lots and lots of information. 
Well, thank you so much. And Hilo, thank you so much for for joining us on the show today. And keep us tuned how your son is doing. And if there's anything that we can do, please give us a call at Prescription Dispensing Labs, PD Labs. That's what we do. We focus on mold. Thank you for having me. And we'd like to have you back on again. Well, great. And thank you, everybody, for your time today. We'll be back next week on Healthy Choices XM as we talk about other topics Especially, we're going to talk a bit more about mold remediation because mold is going to be a big problem with these hurricanes and it can be, unfortunately, cause many problems with children and also adults. So check out our website, healthychoicesxm.com. And Dr. Books, uh, we're going to have you back on again and we appreciate all the work that you're doing for changing people's lives. Thanks a lot. We'll be back next week on Healthy Choices XM.